Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Hi, everyone. Ruan and I are super excited to be with you today to talk about a topic that's really interesting for a lot of businesses, especially those that are in a growth phase. Today, we're talking about recruitment, but specifically, how do you know when you're ready to take on the next staff member? And this could be your first staff member, or it could be your 10th or your 20th. How do you know when you're ready to take on your next staff member? I love this topic. I think this is one of the best ones, purely because you can either get it right or you can, you you know, it can really not pay dividends. And I, I have this saying where I always say, you either recruit to grow or you recruit to fill. And the issue with recruiting to fill is you're very close to recruiting for the wrong reasons because you're too late. Mm. So I think you've got to really, really pay attention to what parameters have you built into your business to tell you now's the time to already start looking. And long time ago, I heard someone say to me that you've got to build your business model in a way where you go, if we get to 70% activity or 70% capacity, you need to start looking at recruitment and or in for yourself, you've got to put it in almost as at 60, as at 70. Where do I start looking at recruitment to know that if I recruit now, it is the right time, it's that growth phase for recruitment. So knowing with businesses and the business we've had, no one always get it right. But if you're constantly looking, then it gives you at least that ability to say, this is the right person. One of the people we uh, recruited in our business all these years ago, we weren't ready for that person. But because we were constantly looking, Mm. the opportunity was a great one. And we jumped straight away for it because it's just not that easy always to find good staff. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point because I think most businesses, they wait until they get desperate for needing that yeah. needing that resource. And that's probably what you're meaning when you say recruit to fill. Yeah. You've got a desperate need for additional support. Um, and when you are recruiting from a place of feeling that desperation, it is easy to make the wrong decision and bring the wrong person into your business because yeah. you feel like you don't have options and you feel like you don't have time. Yeah. And that can have major implications, uh, not only on the business, but also your time. And it can actually make you go backwards rather than forwards, I think. so. It's wishful thinking. It's almost yeah. like wishful thinking, isn't it? I think that I really like that approach of recruiting to grow as well in the sense that being on the lookout and thinking ahead and thinking about what resources you're going to need in the future to take the business where you want to take it. So having a bit more of a strategic approach when it comes to recruitment and thinking about the people that you do have in your team currently, and and that might just be yourself for the moment, but thinking about strategically where you want the business to go and what your role will look like in the business next year and in five years and in 10 years and what the role of each of your team members will look like over that journey. And then working out what sort of plan do you need to put in place? Who do you need to bring into the business and when do you need them to make that strategy come to life over the long term? And if you're 
taking that approach, then you give yourself a lot more time to do a thorough recruitment process and not feel obligated to hire someone if you don't feel like they're 100% the right fit for your team and your culture. But but do you think sometimes, Marissa, and I mean, it's easy sometimes for us to say these things that have been on this journey for a long time and have seen it all, have learned through this journey. Do you think it's sometimes that easy for that person you know, for, for those smaller businesses, uh, um, when at the start, it's still the money that comes in versus the money that goes out. It's so easy to say, oh, I know I should be bringing someone in now, but financially, I'm just not yet there. Yeah. Look, I went through that. You went through that, right? Yeah. Every single every single business owner, every single broker goes through that. Yeah that decision and it's really difficult. It's really difficult because you know that you can do the work, but you also know that you need help. Yeah. And it it's really difficult to let go of that money and not only let go of that money, but you're also then taking on the responsibility of someone else's wage. Yeah. And that's a big responsibility to have on your shoulders and as your team grows, you're taking on more responsibilities and you're feeding more families, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's a big responsibility because you don't want to just you, you want it to be a long-term thing. You don't want to just bring them in and say, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll, I'll let them go because that's never really the intention you should have when you are building your team. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that you need to think about is whenever you are going to contemplate bringing on a new staff member, it's really important to know where they're going to fit into the business and what role they're going to have. Yeah. In turn, how is that going to free up your time? How is that going to free up the time of the people that add more value to the business and do more of the higher income producing tasks that that the business does? So if you can accelerate the higher income producing opportunities Mm. and delegate out the uh, lower income producing activities, so the more administrative tasks to someone that costs a lot less, mm. then I've always found that when you, whenever you take that leap and if you get the right person, your business revenue grows substantially more than the cost of that person. So I like what you just said there. So it's there, there's two parts to it. One, it's not only just to recruit that person in respect of taking stock and saying they can do this, this, this. It's about you understanding what it is, what else you need to do Mm. first and foremost for them to do the other jobs that you now going to pass on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, whenever my brokers are considering taking on additional admin support, we always have the conversation of, well, how much time is that person going to save you? Mm. And what are you going to reinvest that time in? Agreed. So if that person's going to save you 10 hours a week or five hours a week or 20 hours a week, how can you reinvest that time to something that's going to build the business and help you to achieve your growth goals that you have in place for yourself? Agreed. And and again, this is where you can either be early in that piece or you could be late in that piece. And that is where you need to understand very much what that person is going to come in, one, to do for you, but two, what you're now going to do for yourself. And part of this may be also for you to say that I'm going to change the way that I work because I want to get this, this, this from it. And this person, again, when it comes to training, what times are you now freeing up to make sure that that person that is coming in is a value to you Mm. in respect of doing things the way you were doing them? Because the biggest issue is if they don't do it the way you were doing it, you're going to still keep doing it. Yeah. And I know, you know, it 
whilst it's super scary to take on that additional cost and take that leap from going from being a sole operator to having staff and then even even once you do have staff, it's still scary every time you bring on mm. new people because it is another wage, you know, it's another expense, it's another financial obligation. But Marissa, can I can I just interject there if you don't mind? Yeah, If you were to sure. be full-time, if you were to be full-time, that wouldn't be your problem. You would almost be going, oh, Marissa, working for your business, I would love more support because I can do this, this, this. How do you manage that? So if we think of that type of business as well, because the person working full-time for you is going to go, I will take all the help I can get. I'll take all the support I can get. Why? Because at this stage, it means, one, maybe I can do a bit less, or two, uh, maybe I can go and do one of these other things. How do you measure those things, if I may ask? Because my, this is your business to a certain extent with having full-time people. Yeah. Well, I guess we've had the benefit of time and seeing what we can do in terms of maximising everyone's potential. And we've been running now for 10 years. So Mm. we have the ability to see, you know, everyone has different strengths, Ryan. Yeah. You know, some people are super good at the back office compliance administration side. Yeah. Other people have real strengths in communicating with clients. Uh, Other people love the credit analyst side of things. Yeah. So... We've found over time that the best way of moving the business, uh, achieving the business goals is to have everyone doing the exactly what they're good at yeah. and making the majority of their time focused on the part that they really excel in. Yeah. And it's difficult to find someone that is great at everything and loves everything. Yeah. So... Even someone that's great at everything probably has a passion in a certain area or prefers doing a certain task. So from our perspective, we see that there is big value in giving people as much support as possible so that they can spend the majority of their time doing the stuff that they really enjoy doing. So for us, that means that, you know, we want our brokers to be at minimum 80% client-facing where they're, you know, spending their time communicating with clients, having client meetings, uh, engaging with their clients and adding value to clients. Um, And that means that, you know, we do need all of those other tasks to be managed by other people who are probably better at managing those tasks than the actual broker themselves. And I guess one thing I would say is that whilst it is scary to take that leap in terms of taking on those additional staff members... Every single person in the industry that I've ever spoken to about this topic Mm. has always said to me, I wish I took on staff earlier. Yeah. If we can look a bit on that taking on staff, finding them. I mean, we've got different places that you can do it. So for me, uh, you know, you've got Seek, you've got, um, you can ask your aggregator if they know anyone for your business and things, but then Mm. the same token... These people aren't there to do it for you if you don't have a system of doing it. Um, other systems that you know, one of the ones I'll just quickly throw in there is database recruitment. I mean, you should go and talk to your database. Let them know you're looking to grow, you're looking for people. You would be surprised mm. who they may come to you, come back to you with and go, you know, so and so. And sometimes it can be someone going to you, I'm looking for a change. Yeah, it's, that's a really good point. And in fact, a lot of our team members started as clients. Yeah. And we approached, you know, we've approached a lot of clients over the years to to join our team. Uh, when you do 
work with a client, you have a really intimate relationship with them and you Mm. get an understanding of how they react in certain situations and their understanding level of the process. And that's been a really good recruitment ground for us, to be honest. Mm. And we love... We love recruiting clients into our team because they already understand our culture and our expectations on the customer experience. So definitely that's a great option, I think, to bring clients in as team members. But like you said, you know, there's also the traditional options of advertising through Seek and and going through a recruitment process. And we've done a bit of everything. So I think it's more about, you know, like Ruan said, just finding the right fit and taking your time and not rushing into it. So, Marissa, for me, I think sometimes the down, the letting yourself down here is the consistency. If you're going to decide you want to grow, and even, you know, all the conversations you and I have had over the years and people we've spoken to and people that say to you, I wish I've done it earlier, the biggest issue is that consistency. You, you suddenly just now do it then, then you do it. Is it almost something that should be like a client experience? You need to build that type of model to go, I've got to invest as much time in this in constantly having conversations with people to ensure that if the right person comes along, there's an opportunity for us to explore versus just hoping for the right person to come along. Well, I think this is where I come back to what I said earlier about having a bit of a strategy long-term plan as to where you want the business to go. Mm. And this might be something that evolves and every year you might change your mind on it, but just having a bit of a picture of where you see your business transitioning to in Mm. one year, five years, 10 years is really helpful to basically know whether you want to be on the lookout for opportunities to bring people into your business. And what I've found is that, you know, the universe works in funny ways. And generally speaking, if you put it out there of where you want the business to go, the universe will reward you with opportunities that just come around and, you know, can flourish into something a bit more. So I think having that strategic mindset about where do you want your business to go what do you want your team to look like in the next five years? Yeah. Really helps you to be more proactive in terms of looking for opportunities and opportunities will just naturally fall in your lap if you do have that proactive approach. Yeah. So almost have to ask to get proposition. Yeah. I think, you know, just knowing where you want to go will actually help you to stumble across the right opportunities that will help you get there. No, I like that. And guys, um, these these sessions, sometimes there's going to be more questions coming from this. Um, if anyone have a question, please do email us at hello at successandbroker.com.au. More than happy to come back to you on these things because recruiting for me is where it all starts. I mean, you can only grow so much without recruiting, and then you it's going to get to a point where you just can't grow anymore. So you've got to consciously think about this. And Marissa, I love that point. If I can recap, you've got to know where you want to go to ensure that the questions you put out there in respect of recruiting and respect of people to join you is all relevant to where you want to go. So I love what you said there, and I do 100% agree. Absolutely. And if you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share it with anyone that you think would find it useful. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Beautiful. Cheers, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.